Today is Thursday, April 16th, 2020. It's another Throwback Thursday. And you know what? In the spirit of pandemic pandemonium, I'm dedicating this one to my small businesses. I see you. I am you. And you know what? We have our special circumstances. So today I wanted to bring back someone who has some advice that is perennial. Anytime you need it, this will help you. I'm talking about Lamar Tyler from Traffic, Sales, and Profit. He's with me again today for this Throwback Thursday to give you hints and tips on how to not just survive, but thrive. Hey y'all, this is Culture Soup, where tech, culture, and business collide. It's a podcast that spoons up everything hot from social media. I'm your host, L. Michelle Smith, and each episode, we bring you some of the most notable and not yet notable thought leaders in tech, business, and culture. The year was 2013. I just started at that Fortune 9. I'd probably been there about four months. And I was dispatched to an event called Blogging While Brown. I was there on behalf of the It Can Wait campaign. It would be our first time to get multicultural bloggers excited about the campaign. And we'd share stats with them that had never been shared before. I had specifically stats about the black community. I interfaced with bloggers and there were some that were very excited to carry the message. While I was there, I kept hearing about a blogger and his wife named Lamar Tyler and Ronnie Tyler. Their blog was called Black and Married with Kids. It was a marriage blog to show marriage and family in a positive light, especially in the African-American community. It was a burgeoning community, and it was always a buzz. I followed them on Instagram and on Facebook to see what they were talking about, and it was very good content. Fast forward to 2015, and we'd launched Inspired Mobility. There was Ronnie and Lamar again at Blogging Wild Brown. We brought Lecrae with us that time and had a great announcement. Everybody was excited to see Lecrae, but Ronnie and Lamar received an award and it was for Blogger of the Year or something like that. By then, they had launched cruises. They were taking these couples on cruises and they were having couples retreats. Fast forward to now, <laughs> Lamar and Ronnie Tyler have taken black and married with kids and birthed something called traffic, sales, and profit. That's all I'm going to tell you. Over the years, Lamar and I have become friends. We've sat on panels together at different events and conferences, and I've watched his business grow seemingly by tenfold. And I have much respect for him, but I have double respect for the way he has built his business at a rapid pace and built a fan base that is just 
bonkers about him, his wife, and his message, and the value that he brings. Without further ado, I want to introduce to you Lamar Tyler, digital profit guru and entrepreneur. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How about you? Good. Let me try to get my camera. Awesome. There you are. Hey. You know, I'm so used to seeing you like that on Facebook and everywhere else talking to TFT. <laughs> That's a cool group you got going. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, yeah. it's a, it's a good uh, it's a good community of people. Awesome. Everybody, I'm so excited to have Lamar Tyler. Tyler Media. He is the CEO, and you have so many different interests: traffic, sales, profit, black and married with kids. That's right. And what else? Uh, those are the main two: traffic, sales, and profit. Black and married with kids. We have a, a few smaller brands, but those those are the two main ones that people go through. Yes, and you know what? I first met you and your lovely wife Ronnie um, as bloggers, and who knew that you would end up here? <laughs> Was this part of the plan? Uh, you know what? It, it was it was part of the plan. Part of the plan was that there was something beyond what we were doing and something mm-hmm. that, that me and Ronnie talked about at the time and I used to always share with other bloggers was the fact that when we work with other brands, other agencies, and they wanted to reach out and connect with our audiences, they were coming because we had influence. But what I saw yeah. too many bloggers were doing was selling their influence to other people but not using it themselves. Yes. And I wanted to make yes. sure that that did not <laughs> I'm trying not to get too hype. It's early. It's early in the conversation. I'm, I'm oh, this is good. You know, I, I I wanted to make sure that didn't happen to us. That we leveraged the actual community we built, and we built something bigger that we can yeah. use as a springboard to more success in the future. Right. You know, I think the last time I saw you in person before Black Enterprise Forward was likely at Blogging While Brown. It was some years ago, and you guys had already started the cruise. Yes. You guys take people out on a big ship, don't you? Yeah, we do. We've done four. We just did our, our fourth and final cruise uh, a few months ago. Yeah, I mean, but like, like I said, even that was it. When we just had the blog, it was like, what can we do bigger and better to make us stand mm-hmm. out from other brands that are out here, make us stand out from other blogs? And for people to know, this is just a real business. It's not just something that you come read in your spare time and you say, that's cool, that's cute, but to really regard us as a business and as a brand that needs to be reckoned with. Well, I love the fact that you and your wife have parlayed it into much, much more. We can learn a lot from you. But you know what, Lamar? I think it's a good time to have our culture soup moment. What do you think? I love it. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so it is hard to look online and not see that entrepreneurship is a trending topic almost constantly. Would you agree? I totally agree. (laughs) Yeah, always. And it seems like there is... A big mushroom right now, and and especially in our community, because I know stats. The U.S. Census says that Black women are leading the way when it comes to starting businesses. We're over-indexing more than any other group, and you know what? The brothers aren't too far behind, and this is a part of the community that you and Ronnie have built. It has cultural slant to it, don't you think? It, it totally does. And like you said, I mean, it's an amazing time to be an entrepreneur, especially in our community, because we're seeing entrepreneurship uh, grow and thrive more than we ever have before. But at the same time, our revenue numbers in these companies that we create are not on par with other communities. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we're not creating jobs at the same scope and scale that other communities are. So that's what I try yes. to charge everyone with is the fact that, OK, starting a business is square one. 
But let's start the business. Let's grow and scale the business. Let's employ other people because we can't expect other people to employ us if we don't employ ourselves. Yes. And, and let's move beyond hustle mentality. Yes. Yes. Oh, <laughs> can I get an amen there? You know what? I started my business while I was still at my nine to five, working for a Fortune nine. Mm -hmm. Totally compliant. That's not even the point. <laughs> but it was so important to me to be positioned as what I call an extrapreneur. Because the hustle, the side hustle um, nomenclature didn't give my credentials credit. That's good. And you want to put more into your business than just a hustle. And that's exactly what you're saying, right? You do. And, and I think a lot of people, what they don't understand is at a certain point, the hustle can, can, can become detrimental to you and mm. to how you even grow your business. Because once your business grows and scales, and some people still can't break free of a hustle mentality. Yeah. When you can't break free of the hustle mentality, what you realize is the fact that you've not created a business. You just created another job for yourself. You right. basically have, have become self-employed. And yep. that's cool. But when we self-employed, we're not leveraging all of the things that we really can leverage when we build a, a, a sustainable business. And you, if I can share something I've been talking about in my group, Traffic, Sales, and Profit, this week, is how can businesses begin um, to, to pump and give themselves CPR? It's, mm. it's, it's consistent predictable revenue. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that. That's good. Right. And That's I, good. Finding too many businesses that need to CPR, consistent, predictable revenue, because um, they're just in hustle mode. In hustle mode, yeah. they're just looking for, all right, like, what's the next thing I can do? What can I right. scramble for to get this? What can I scramble for to do that? You know, where can I be outside doing this? Or, or who can I be touching to get that? But really, how can we begin to create systems? How can we create processes? How can we bring other people in and leverage their skills and talents? And how can we grow something that works even when we don't? Well, this is perfect because I don't know if you heard the last episode, but I had another Atlantean on the line, Munson Steve, who okay. made that exact same point. He said that many entrepreneurs are just out there creating a job for themselves. Yes. But the definition of an entrepreneur really is creating the processes and putting the people in place so that it runs outside of your presence. That's it. I mean, that's totally it. And I think a lot of people listening will say, but you know what? But, but, but I make a hundred thousand, but you know, I make 250, I make 500, I make, I make a million plus a year. So, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I got a business. No, because let me ask you this. If you get hurt tomorrow, if you're in the hospital tomorrow, does that business still generate income? Right. Or are you just and, highly paid? Exactly. And you know what? That's great for startup mode. Right. But you should strive for more. Exactly. You know what? And, and let me get back to the culture soup moment when it comes to what we see online. We see a lot of people, and you know, it's, it's not real in a lot of ways, social media. But we see a lot of people putting up images that make entrepreneurship look so easy. And then, boom, I'm on the private jet. Or, boom, I have the red bottom shoes. And, boom, I am just living the life. But there's a lot of work that goes into this, especially as you get to that point where it can run when you're not around. It definitely does. And, and I think the main thing we need to look at and just understand if I want to go into entrepreneurship is it takes investment. Mm -hmm. It takes financial investment. It takes time investment. It takes an emotional investment. Yes. All these things. And one of the things I often say is that it, it may take you 20 steps to be successful. And and I'm just making that number up, y'all. Everybody listening. So don't mm -hmm. I'm on, like, what step am I on, Lamar? I'm on step four or five. I'm just, just making, <laughs> it, might take, it might take 120, but I'm saying for right. the, it takes 20. 
If you stop at step three, what do you get? You get nothing. If okay. you stop at step 12, what do you get? I don't care if you stop at step 19, you still get nothing. You have to see it all the way through. And I think the biggest thing that people get caught with is this success journey they're on through their business, through entrepreneurship. It may take 20 steps. The only thing they can control is how fast they get to step 20. Yeah. Because no matter what, I don't care what they do, what they see, you know, even what they invest, right? It's like, like you won't have to take those steps. So you can be stuck in perfectionism. And can't let go, can't move on. You can be stuck where you procrastinate and don't get stuff done. But no matter what, it's on you to, to move. I call it LAO, launch, analyze, optimize. You launch something, you analyze what went right, what went wrong, right? Double down on what went right, so yeah. wrong, optimize it, do it again. Brush yourself off, right? Uh, I don't call it failure, I call it learning. Yes, fail <laughs> forward. Do, exactly, fail forward, and then you launch, analyze, optimize again and again and again, learning along the way until you reach success. I love it. I love it. You with the acronyms. I'm going to have to write some of these down. This is awesome. Well, listen, Lamar, we talked a little bit about the beginnings of your company with the blogging and such. But tell us more about Lamar. Where did you first start working? And did you work for someone? Or did you always have this entrepreneurial spirit? Sure. Well, well, both. I had an entrepreneurial spirit, and then I worked for somebody to pay the bills until this thing yeah. <laughs> finally I got my 20 steps in, right, and it finally came yes. together. But it, it was that. My background is in IT, information technology. Um, so always had kind of jobs and different things around those parts. Uh, my last job before I came fully uh, into entrepreneurship, I was the IT manager. I ran the IT department of a TV station in D.C., mm-hmm. uh, at a Fox-owned operating station in D.C., so through the years, I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just didn't know what that looked like, how to actually mm-hmm. carry that out and how to execute it. And at the time, I didn't grow up in a family of entrepreneurs. I didn't have an uncle that, that had a store or a grandfather that had this business. Like everybody around me just worked jobs. Right. So I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. You know, I grew up young. I'm um, looking at Black Enterprise Magazine and, and dreaming to be on the cover one day, which I still got those dreams. You're going to do it. <laughs> You're this close. <laughs> Thank you. I I'm feel it. Right. That dream is not going away. I'm just going to put that out there. I, still, <laughs> I hear I still, you. I'm I, with you. I'm right behind you, Lamar. <laughs> exactly. So uh, wanting, to, you know, wanting to be on the cover and, and wanting to be an entrepreneur, knowing I, I was going to succeed as an entrepreneur, not knowing what that looked like, what business that was going to be. And what I learned through the process, and, and one of the things I always tell people getting into entrepreneurship now, is that I did everything the hard way. Um, there was so much I could have learned if I just read I read books and read more books and read them faster. Mm-hmm. There was so much I could have learned if I inserted myself into more conferences around people that were already doing what I wanted to do. Right. There was way more I could have learned if I didn't try to just learn everything on my own, but I would have invested in consultants and coaches. Mm-hmm. Right, right? Right. Like, so if somebody's trying to figure it out and you've already done it, why wouldn't they sign up for one of your consultations? Exactly. Like, Either. It's just like I think it's too many times we take the hard way and the hard process. But eventually I figured it all out on my own, but it took mm-hmm. me too long and I could have cut that time in half. Well, let me ask you about that, because sometimes I find that people want the knowledge, but they don't want to put the investment in the knowledge. So whether that be the elbow grease or the dollars, I have plenty of people calling me and saying, hey, Michelle, <laughs> can you tell me how to do X, Y and Z? And, I mean, these days, I definitely tell them, well, you know, actually, that's a service I provide. How would you like a consultation? <laughs> and then there's silence. Crickets. What is wrong with people? Do they think that this, this stuff is free? 
I don't think they value, really value, the level of information and expertise and the return on investment. Mm -hmm. Let, let's take it there. They don't value, because if they really understood that me exchanging, a, you know, a, a minimum amount of, of dollars, or even if it's not minimal, right, uh, a great investment of dollars yeah. um, for 30 minutes, an hour, you know, a few months of this person's time is going to exponentially push me further down the road. Yes. They would get it. You know, I tell people all the time, if, if you knew that you walked up to the ATM and you put $10 in and you got $50 out, how many times would you go to that ATM? Right. You, you'd be all day, every day. Like, every day. <laughs> and, and really, coaching and, and hiring consultants that have done it. Now, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going to say they've done it because a lot of people that coach and consult. <sighs> can we, go, can we go there? Can we go there for a minute? Okay. Because <laughs> all of this is wrapped up in the one thing. I spent much money to reskill and become a coach based on the fact that I'm, I've lived it in business. Okay. Mm -hmm. But it's difficult because. In the world that is the internet, we have everybody throwing the word coach around, whether they have the experience or have reskilled or not. Now you go. It's true. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's totally true. And I think a lot of it is us always telling people, hey, you know, um, you know, know your worth. Mm -hmm. uh, some people are charging stuff when they, they really, if basically it's not worth anything. Right. Because they haven't done anything yet. Mm -hmm. um, and then on the flip side, a lot of times I see people that are experts that know this stuff left and right, but then won't share with anyone. Right. Because they're stuck in their head. They're stuck in the mentality. They're stuck in perfectionism. Oh, I add one more to it. They won't get the training that it requires to actually coach somebody in the thing that they're expert in. They think That's it's true. giving advice. That's true. And it's they're, not. <laughs> yeah, it's not. And like I said, I, I think, um, I mean, I, that's major. I, I, I'm always pushing on people that have the expertise that have gone to school for all these years that have all the degrees and certifications and everything on the wall to really get out in that space is what I'm telling them is that while they are stuck in that area and in that box trying to figure out the 20 different steps and reasons why they can't do it. Mm -hmm. Me or somebody else laying in the bed <laughs> selling those same <laughs> services. They, have, they, don't have, they don't have anything that you have totally. is laying in the bed selling those same services for $10,000 a pop. Hustling. Exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
I'm going to stop doing my million dollar ideas and go build my own million dollar business. Yes. And, yes. You know, I went home and I, I talked to Ronnie. You know, we've been talking about it for a while. We said, let's create a site, a blog. And we said, if we create a blog, it has to be something that, that people are passionate about. They'll read because we can write, but, you know, we, I say we can write, but we're not writers. Meaning right. writers love to write. They just like, you know, I don't care if anybody's reading. I just want to get it out just into the out. atmosphere. That ain't me. If I'm right, somebody got to be reading, else right. I don't want it anyme so he said what's up <laughs> right exactly what's something that people are passionate about um and we talked about it we said relationships people love talking about relationships and we dug deeper and said, what about relationships he said, okay well what about uh, marriage and then what about marriage what a way what about the way marriage is viewed inside the African American community mm-hmm. you know um we saw down. yeah we saw too many times somebody would come in and say hey I'm getting married People would roll their eyes, they, they breathe heavy, they say, don't make the same mistake I made. Mm-hmm. And we're like, this would be one of the happiest days of this person's life, and this is what they have to combat. Right. And and we said also at the same time, we know there are couples that love each other. I said, I know there are dads like myself that are taking care of their kids and somebody else's kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is not what you saw in the media at the time. Right. It's not what you saw in the marketplace. So we said, let's create a site, blackandmarriedwithkids.com. We've been married only for two or three years when we launched it. Um, from the beginning, this, this ties into to the, um, we were talking about a second ago. From the beginning, we said, we don't know if this will take off or not. Because back then, nobody was really, um, I'm sorry, actually, it wasn't, um, uh, was it 2000? Yeah, it was 2008. 2008 when we launched it, December 2008. We had heard about people making money online, but there were no real traces of it. Like, oh, this no. is or, Not then. Yeah, this Look, is like. Look, Afrobella was probably the biggest name out there at the time. And right. she had learned how to monetize it out of Chicago. But that was right. about it. Yeah, it, it was not a lot of people making money. So it's not like today where it's all these agencies and influencer reps and all. It was none of that back then. So we said, all right, we don't know if we'll make money for this or not. But from the beginning, let's act as if it's a business. Mm-hmm. And let's position it correctly. Let's invest into it correctly. Let's let's get hosted in the right places. Let's get, let's get the right kind of website up. And let's get email accounts, right? You know, we just said, in case things do pop off and they blow up, We'll already be positioned. Good. Good. And we won't have to go back and be scrambling and trying to get things together. We'll already be positioned. And that's basically what happened. You know, we put the site out. Um, So many people uh, came to us and they said, hey, this represents me. We've been married for 20, 30 years. I never see ourselves represented. We had singles that came and said my parents were married for 40, 50 years. I never see um, couples like them in the news and the media. And they rallied around us. And and we, we worked hard in those initial years to build a brand. To build an audience, we had to be consistent. Uh, we had to be creative, like to stand out from everybody else. It was a lot of times I was reaching out to other bloggers and you know connecting with them. I don't know. You remember the blog roles? Yes, said, totally. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, I, I was out, let me get on this. Can I please get on? The, I think we got some synergies. We got a, a similar demographic. Totally. Uh, on your blog role, I put you on mine. So really, just putting in that work, and it grew from nothing basically. Um, you know, to a, a decent-sized audience. And we were on MySpace at the time. Then we eventually, you know, moved to Facebook when Facebook kind of opened it up for everybody. And well, look, this is and how I, we met. I'm working for a Fortune 9. And I'm talking to yeah. you about working with you. So yeah. evidently you brought the brand to a level to get that kind of recognition. What I, what I always like to tell people is whatever we do, I want to dominate. Yeah. Or try my best to dominate at least. So I want to create an atmosphere where, um, for Black and with Kids, for example, this is what I would, I would always say to Ronnie and I would say inside of Inner Circle. I want to create an atmosphere where if you want to reach African-American families, you got to come through us or somebody in the room should be bringing us up. Right. 
Like, like I want to create that atmosphere. And that's what I encourage, like, entrepreneurs that are listening to whatever it is you do, dominate. Yes. Like, dominate that space to where um, when, I, when I started, said I want to speak and I want to go to conferences and I want to get in front of people. I wanted to create an atmosphere so that if they had a session on a topic that I covered, somebody in that room would stand up and say, this is cool, but y'all should have got Lamar. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. That's so important. Yes. That's huge. You want to tell yes. everybody what that is? The Facebook sure, so, group is off the chain. I'll tell you sure, that much. I'm in it. Thank you. <laughs> so we uh, launched Black and Married with Kids. It took off. We started um, working with a lot of different brands and agencies. But then we realized that we had leverage and we were basically selling our audience, like I mentioned. So we started creating products. And it started with a uh, documentary film. Mm-hmm. That turned into seven full-length documentary films. We would do seven to ten city tours and sell out theaters. Wow. We started ebooks, audiobooks, membership sites, workshops, conferences, a cruise like you mentioned. And what happened is the more we did that and the more visible we became, people would always come and say, teach me how to do it. Can you show me how you did that? Can I can I hire you to be my coach? Mm-hmm. And the answer was always like, no, because we got this thing in we black busy. and white. <laughs> right, right. And we got small kids, like a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Eventually, like entrepreneurship is where my passion lies. Mm-hmm. And eventually, once we were able to kind of stabilize and get some systems around black and married and automate some pieces of it, uh, we took the time and said, hey, we will launch this other brand to pour back into our community, right? To to We want to build more businesses in the African-American community so that we can uh, bring more economics, more dollars, more jobs into the African-American community. Right. So we launched Traffic, Sales, and Profit in 2015. I did, uh, I think it was four different cities. That we were going to kind of for marriage stuff, and we had an audience there. I did some little hotel rooms where I kind of teach a little bit, see if I like the feel of it. We get, you know, I think the first one I did, I got six people out to. Almost quit the whole thing then. Yeah. But I said, that's through. Uh, then we might have had 20 in Chicago, 20 or something in D.C. We had 20 or something in Atlanta. Uh, the next year we did our first conference. That conference, we sold 67 tickets. I wanted at least 100. I was thinking yeah. 200 sellout, at least 100. We sold 67 and 40-something showed up. Yeah. But in three years, we've grown from that first conference with 67 tickets to our last conference in June had over 600 people, 640. Okay. There's a lesson in that, too. First of all, you got to start somewhere. you got to yes, get somebody in the room. And you can't get discouraged when you don't make 100 people the first time around, even if you don't make 20. What you just demonstrated there was consistency, and tenacity. And in year oh, three, it. which is not a long time. No, not at all. 10x growth. 10x, 10X growth in three years. And, and it's like you said, I tell people a lot of times they can't get to the 600 people because they're not willing to move beyond the six. Right. When I got six people, we didn't quit, right? And the next year we had 60. Right. And then we went from 60 to 175, 175 to 250, 250 to 300. We was in the contract uh, for a couple times there. So we started selling out three months in advance, five months in advance to build the pressure to 600. But the thing is, most people can't do it for, for two reasons, actually. One is just, like you said, the consistency and the push-through. Mm-hmm. And the other reason that people don't talk about as much as the fact that most people don't properly plan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we talk about that for Isn't that the truth? Let's talk about it. They don't properly plan. So whenever somebody, if I have a client or somebody, and we're talking about events, the first thing I'll say is, let me see your budget. Mm-hmm. Because most people 
plan for that first event to be 300 people eating steak and shrimp in the fanciest hotel in the city. Um, you know, with buffet for everybody, open bar, all this stuff. They get, and then when that that sixty-seven tickets get sold, and only forty-something show up, they so far in the hole in they the can't hole. move beyond. Right. So we have to just get real clear about what it is that we're doing, real clear about how we actually project we can get this. How you know, if we say we're gonna get this, how are we gonna get these people in the seats? Well, so are we gonna have another thing too, Lamar? The right people. Right. Because you can exactly. just get anybody. You can call all your sorority members. And fill a room, they'll do it once or twice. But are they really going to listen to that high dollar offer or buy the next time? And I see a lot of that going on. And I'm like, I hope these sisters are planning. (laughs) And that's it. It's it's really that that planning piece of, you know, I tell people all the time, like you make your money from the event before the event starts. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, like when you lay out that budget, right, how much is it going to cost me? You lay out, like a lot of times I'll see people between the budget in between the seats they have, if they sold out every seat, they still couldn't make enough money. Yeah. But they're not even looking at, at those numbers. So really just being able to pay attention to the numbers and say, all right, like I said, what are my costs? How much revenue could I totally make? In the early days, we've been doing these events. I would never do an event where I had to sell out the room to break even. That's yeah. what most people actually sit at. Yeah, you can't. No. <laughs> and the, the assumption that a sellout is easy and you'll quickly find out all the people you thought was going to buy tickets don't buy tickets. Exactly. exactly exactly so it it definitely was that growth it definitely was pushing through it definitely was um being strategic and strategizing but more than anything like i said consistency listening to our customers and listening to what they wanted and pouring back into them and then nurturing them along the way like i said we got a free facebook group traffic sales and profit with lamar tyler and people think that we put tickets for sale and those tickets just go like crazy. What they don't understand is that all year we're nurturing them day by day by day, yes. providing value in the group every single day. So that by the time we open up tickets for an event, they say, if I got this much out of the free group, yeah, what must the event be like? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, you just heard him describe a funnel, okay? <laughs> You've seen that word. People are selling all sorts of challenges and all that kind of thing. That just demystified a funnel, you nurture, 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 step by step. And what's the key ingredient? Time. Exactly. Right? That's it. That's people it. It's just like it. work overnight. Yeah, it's, it's developing that relationship where people can can know, like, and trust you, right? It's mm-hmm. like the core basics of, of marketing that have been time tested. You know, you develop that relationship, you lead with value. And if you, you provide value, I mean, we just, we just did a, a challenge recently. I know the people, if, if, They've never been to anything, never seen anything. If I made an impact in their life over the last week, they already are thinking, how can I get closer to this dude? Right. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, what's coming up? What, What projects are you working on right now? Well, for us, the big things are always our events. So right now we're doing two events a year. We do one in January called The Game Plan. Um, this year, January 10th and 11th in Atlanta, uh, 2020. And that's where we kind of bring a group of entrepreneurs in and we sit down and craft out a sales and marketing blueprint for the year. Where we, we really sit down and say, all right, you know, and instruct them and give them lessons and education on this is what I can do, this is how I can sell, this is how I can market. This is the kind of direction I need to move my feet in um, and just, you know, get them, get them in a firm foundation. And what we know, uh, because we know people get disappointed. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll say the people. 
I tell a lot of times, like, you can get disappointed, but don't get defeated. Right. You get disappointed when, when your sales don't go the way they do at the end of the year or when you wanted to be at this point or you wanted to have this projection, have this much staff, and you don't. You can get disappointed. Just don't get defeated. So what we do is we actually stagger our events every six months. So we go from January to June, then from June to January, because entrepreneurs on this roller coaster where they get so excited. When they come out of the event, they're activating, they're getting things done. But then guess what? You get home and your kids are tripping. Right. <laughs> you get <laughs> home, stuff is going on. Your, your mama tripping, right? Yes. Your, your boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse tripping. Life gets in the way. Mm-hmm. People get sick. You face death. It's so much that goes on in life that beats you down, especially when you're in startup phase. Right. Especially when you got a nine to five and this is what you're doing from five to nine. Right. You know what I mean? So in so many ways, we do this every six months so we can keep people energized, we can keep them motivated, and keep them on the right track to actually hit their goals and get results. Absolutely. Lamar, it's so great to have you on here. Tell everybody where to find you online. Sure. The website is www.trafficsalesandprofit.com. I and strongly encourage you, right, come into the free group. We're always doing everything we can, free of charge, to build up entrepreneurs. Yes. And that is Traffic, Sales, and Profit with Lamar Tyler on Facebook. Awesome. And on social media, where can we follow you? You can follow me just at Lamar Tyler on all the different social platforms. Awesome. Awesome. Lamar, thank you so much for coming on the Culture Soup Podcast. It was a joy. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I love being here. Please, if you ever need me again, just give me a holler. I love oh, to be back. We're coming back. You know what? We have barreled through 52 weeks as of October. We've done this episode number 54. And that's not counting the bonus episodes that we did. And we are strong in the top 10 on Apple Podcasts and business and entrepreneurship. So, consistency, we're not going right? anywhere. Yes. It's, it's consistency. Exactly. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Lamar. You're welcome. What a remarkable conversation with Lamar Tyler of Tyler Media, a.k.a. Traffic, Sales, and Profit, and Black, and The Culture Soup Podcast is a production of No Size Communication, LLC. The Culture Soup Podcast is a registered trademark of No Silos Communications, LLC.